Debo going on his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Every gets over the line. Try from Munster. Nobody knows Munster rugby better. Hello and welcome along. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 38 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. And with me as always is Neve Briggs. 38 episodes so far, Neve. We're not doing too bad. How are you? No, it's still haven't killed you, so you're definitely on a winner there. <laughs> How was your weekend? Did you match? Uh, yeah, we um, played Wicklow on Saturday. Uh, got our first win. Um, very tough day. We spent six hours on the bus. Uh, there was an accident on the motorway. It goes down. We just got caught in the middle of it, so we were stuck in around the car in Newbridge for about four hours. Um, the takeoff was pushed back for maybe nearly two hours, so by the time we got there, I think it was just a little bit rushed. So we did well to come away with a win. Wicklow played very well. You were happy, so coming away with the win. I wasn't at least. a bit. No, I okay, wasn't. Okay, right. No. As ever, we want you to be involved. You can always tweet us at Rugby Channel 15 or either at either of our personal Twitter accounts. Leave a comment on YouTube or email us at the rugby channel at bowermedia.ie. We've a lot of comments. Um, obviously, Munster. Uh, we've a lot to say about this match and and away to the Dragons on Sunday. It was uh, a disappointing loss in the end. Um, loads for us to dissect um, in that game. Um, I put out a tweet yesterday, as I usually do, and a lot of comments coming in. Some of them, I think the vast majority are pretty balanced. Um, there is some people giving out and I suppose, you know, we want to get the voice of the fans and uh, let them vent their frustrations or, or give their opinions, which is really important. I think that's the whole idea of of doing this. Um, so you have a lot of tweets there, Neve. So uh, yeah. you can read a few and we might comment on them and then read another few and so on. Yeah, so you spoke about it's uh, been a bad day at the office. I think that's a bit of an understatement. And um, if they can fix the problems that they have, look, I've no doubt they can fix them, Quinny. I just think it's going to, I'm not sure how much you can fix in a, in a week. I think that's the big thing. Um, so we'll talk about um, Derek Crowley. The coaches have the privilege of patience and the supporters for the systems to take form, but professional athletes don't have such protection when making schoolboy errors. We'll be looking back on this period claiming it ruined or made monster. Uh, Ian Moore, poor basics all around, line-out, breakdown, basic catch-pass, all lacking. They will ship serious scores against better sides. Worst of all, there didn't seem to be urgency except for Casey and Healy worrying times. Um, you're right, though. Like, as in, I think the majority of the people that were lo- commenting or tweeting us back in when you were talking about, while it was, you know, disappointing for lots of reasons and standards, they, you know, they talk about the coaching and having patience and, and that. And Desmond O'Sullivan says the performance was disappointing for a lot of reasons, but most of all for the drop in standards. Everyone expects this new ticket will need time, but players have to have standards if they have, if they, if all they have left is pride, which seemed lacking again this weekend. I think that will sting them, the lack of pride, you know, I don't know if you watched the game in RT, but don't call Callan question their mentality as well. And I think if you're a player, like you have to see a reaction to that this weekend because I I do think that would be something. Um, I I had this situation before where I was critical of Munster um, back in 2015-16 season and um, the reaction wasn't very friendly towards me. But um, 
you know, I think, and I remember when I was a player myself, if somebody criticised, you know, I remember David Corkery, who I played with, um, he was quite stinging in his criticism on a couple of occasions. Um, and when you're in that bubble and that dressing room, you feel that it's an attack, but it's, it's a reality sometimes. Um, and I think a lot of ex-players have been speaking about it and it's been covered in the media after the weekend that I think if the players are being honest with themselves um, and they probably know this themselves, um, it wasn't good enough overall, I think. given No, it that- wasn't. And I, I actually liked Graham Rountree's uh, interview afterwards. You know, he was quite... Um, assertive in how disappointed he was which I thought was really good you don't often see a coach coming out like that um, and you know hands up like it wasn't good enough and I'd imagine we saw a much toned down uh, Graham Rountree in the interview afterwards um, than what the players would have seen in the dressing room um, they'd have to like I think he he looked angry um, and, and looked frustrated and I, and I get it Um Sorry, Ian, Ian Flynn talking about different players. And, and this is a big thing as well in relation to I hear a lot of pundits and I think it's a bit of an easy kind of an out. So number one, the wedding um, that everybody was supposed to have gone on the week before the season started. And, and, I, and I don't like that. I don't think that that's a, a reason to why things haven't gone well over the last two weeks. I think that's a really easy out. But yeah, the second but, uh, but is also just... the age of the players. Okay, so just on, on the, the pre-season break... I think if, if um, there was two weeks off in the space of seven weeks, six, seven weeks, I'm not, I, I didn't do the exact maths, but people are commenting on that. Um, you know, I think particularly the week off after the London Irish game where they played in Cork on the Friday night and the players had a week off and they came back in the following Monday week to prepare for Cardiff, which was due to be on a Friday. Um, if they'd beaten Cardiff, if they'd beaten the Dragons, um, you know, people wouldn't be talking about this. I do think that you probably won't see the benefits of those couple of breaks. And they weren't breaks just for weddings. Um, the weddings happened. And it was two weddings, I think. Um, they happened. But I think the idea of, of train for a couple of weeks, a week off, train for a couple of weeks, a week off, is to try and have enough fuel in the tank for, for a long season. And it's probably changed a bit from from my time where we would normally have traditionally went in and did, you know, six, seven weeks nonstop. You might get two days off on one week towards the end of that block of fitness training. So I suppose it is something that hindsight's a great thing. Um, but I think particularly that the week before the Cardiff game, you would imagine, even if it's just for a couple of days, that there there could have been you know, some training or some kind of shape or organization, they're undercooked. Um, there's a lot of changes, and we spoke about it last week. There was a lot of changes in the two preseason games. There was a team that played against Cardiff. Ten of those players involved that day were not available for the Dragons game because they were gone to South Africa. Um, so I think Graham Rountree is, and this is just the reality of it, has looked that there's going to be so much chopping and changing, and there's no continuity in selection. So Given where they're at with the mistakes that we're seeing, um, it's not. It's certainly not helping, but it's not the only reason. No, and I think okay. Let's be very realistic. Graham Rountree would not really have set that preseason. I'd imagine because he wasn't in charge when that was all planning. Um, and and on the flip of that, um, 
I don't think, I, I, from what I can gather, they found that preseason really, really difficult in terms of it was something that they hadn't experienced before in relation to the intensity and the pace that both Dennis and Leamy and Prendy and, and Graham Rountree brought in. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe we will see the end, the, the I suppose, the fruits of that labour towards the, the middle to end of the season. Um, Wayne Pratt is, I accept the period for new coaches and new patterns, but there seems to be a lot of basic errors being made. I know a lot of senior players played their first game against Cardiff and Dragons, albeit away fixtures. We were still very winnable. My worry is fixtures are not getting easier. Um, and Joe said something similar. New system will take time, but every player needs to hold themselves accountable individually and collective. Heart, basic skills, aggression, cohesion, all missing or at least not evident so far this season. And that's probably where Munster fans are going to be a little bit worried because previously Munster have been known within their, their culture, their squad. It was all about that heart, that aggression, that cohesion, you know, that ability to kind of bind together. And a lot of the tweets were about that. Was that this player accountability and, you know, not showing that fight that we're used to seeing. Um, Stephen Ball says it says a lot about the previous coaching setup that as soon as player players are asked to play at a higher possession style, there are a lot of unforced errors. Skills embedding in the new attack defense system will yield results in the next few weeks. And here's the thing, right? This is kind of like my kind of thoughts as well. They've the skill level. We're now putting players under pressure to produce moments of skills that you and I can sit and look at the game and think that's a basic 2v1 or that's a basic catch pass. But when you're under pressure from a defence and running a pace that they probably wouldn't have trained or done stuff like that before or been forced to make those passes, you're now asking players to come out of their comfort zone. And I think that that's a real concern in relation to their ability to execute those skills because let's face it, it's not been the way Munster have played for the last five or six years. Okay, so I, I, I'll ask you this, and it might be um, it might be a bit harsh, but the previous regime, what were they doing? What, what were they training? What, what way were they training? Why weren't, you know, we talk about, um, you know, the, the need for, I think, um, the need for more pace and more continuity and more energy and uh, having the fitness to do all that and play more, you know, expansive game with more tempo in it. Have we wasted a couple of years on what we've seen where we, you know, we were kind of knocking on the door on a few occasions the last three, four, five years, but just not good enough. Um, yeah, look, we spoke about that though at the end of last season, that we had the ability to get to a certain stage and when we get into those knockout, whether it's a semi-final of a URC or quarter-final of a, of a Champions Cup, we're up against much better opposition and therefore we start to see the weaknesses in that game plan. What they've been doing in training, look, that's we're not privy to that, you and I, over the last few years. They definitely did train in a lower intensity. That was, you know, that's a fact. They definitely did work more on a set piece as opposed to this multi-ball kind of a type of fast game where, you know, you've got to put yourself and your skills under pressure. That's only been introduced now over the last five or six weeks. So it's like some of the mistakes the other day were so poor to watch and so frustrating, I imagine, from that coaching ticket. But I think that from a player point of view, like, you know, for example, that really poor pass by Mike Ailey when he had that 4v1 on the edge. 
I think you put him into that situation again this weekend and he makes that pass because he's had he's had the mistake. I know, I know, I know. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying that it's a No, I know what you're trying to say, but I'll give you my opinion on that pass. It was it was dreadful. Um you know, he's a professional athlete, he's an international player, and if he wants to go and play for Ireland, um you know, if you're down in the park over the summer and you haven't touched the rugby ball in, in six weeks, um, you should be able to give that pass off your left hand. Um, and that, and that, that's just... But this is my thing, Quinny. This just, is my, but you know my what I'm frustration. Thinking, yeah, do you know what I'm thinking the last few days? And whether people like it or not, I think we've gone so far back in the last few years that there's a certain amount of damage done with this group now and to shake off the shackles and actually play with a bit more energy and intensity uh, to suit the team because obviously if you have a pack of South African forwards um, you can play slower you can play more mauling game you can attack teams in a set piece and I think you know the evidence of maybe Johan and, and Stephen Larkham we're not seeing any sort of we saw some glimpses of progression but we're probably probably you talk, you mentioned the word fruits of their labour going forward well we're seeing some of the fruits of the labour of the last couple of seasons, which is frustrating. We can't. This is go what back. I'm trying to say to you. I completely I agree with you. I just think now we're asking them to play at a much higher intensity and much higher tempo than the prob- majority of those players will have ever played before. Irrelevant to whether, like, of course, you have the four or five players that are constantly in that Irish squad over the last three or four years will have be- will will understand that. But the rest of them, that would be complete and utter shock to the system that not only are they asked to play at a higher tempo, but they're actually asked to have their basics or their core skills to be precision. Like, and, and like you look at Fekitao, it's the exact same thing. A really poor pass on the opposite edge to Mike Haley's. That's just, that's just being under pressure in your mind all the time. And I think that that's going to, it's going to take a huge amount of, shift the mentality for these players to be able to go and play at that. And here's the thing, Quinny, if they can't, well, then they have to move on and somebody else has to come in that, that can do that from that underage or that younger group because the way the game is going and evolving all the time, you've got to be able to play with that pace and that intensity. You've got to be able to move the ball. And like, I don't know if you watched or analysed the game afterwards, but there was a huge amount of space in relation to, they had a two-tier attack where they had players running hard and players out the back and we continue to hit that short line if we actually trusted our ability and our skills to be able to go out the back of that we've already created an edge and we already gained huge yardage I just think we went back into our shell back into that comfort zone and we played right into Dragon's hands Okay Have you any more tweets there? I do Sorry that was my rant today no. um, I don't know how to pronounce this Twitter handle but um Weevu and Weevu. I think we've got to pretty much right the first half of this year off. My major changes in style of play will take months to implement. Remember Ireland when Farrell came in, I'll be judging them on the results in the new year. Sean O'Connor, something similar. I can forgive them for systematic flaws in their attack and defence because they're still bedding in. And I think that that's like really like the kind of sentiment from everybody. But basics like aggression, physicality, catch pass, knock-ons under no pressure, Lack of pure dog from senior players was shocking and worrying. They've looked lethargic since the Toulouse game in the Aviva. I wonder, has that done more damage to the site than we think? I'd question if these players genuinely believe themselves in this at this moment. 
Prendy and Leamy can try and improve their attack and defence, but Rountree has the biz- biggest job of them all to make the players actually believe in themselves again. And then Adrian, just to finish up, Adrian O'Donoghue, I'm worried. I don't think these opening games were hangovers from the off-season. They play South Africa in about six weeks, could end up being battered like a fish on a Friday. Um, they need to look up game plan in their dictionary because they don't seem to use one. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot there's, of, a, there's a lot a there. Lot. And I think a lot yeah. of people, the common theme there is that um, there is a bit of patience required here. I For think, the coaching group, I think people are annoyed with the players or yeah. want accountability. Yeah, they're, they're, that's something that's, that's pretty evident there, that there, there needs to be a bit more accountability. The players need to react a lot better than this. Um, we'll talk about tactically a little bit in a, in a moment. We started a goal, started a week for, for someone in, within the Munster group when they play. Um, I sent you a text last night saying you can pick it this week because <laughs> like, it's very, how can you pick a goal star out of, out of that? Um, you know, even, even putting the gold before the star you know, is a bit too much. But um, there was a couple of good performances and a couple of people stood up. And I'm going to say this, and people, the listeners might, mightn't agree, but I actually thought that one of the few players who was um, shown a lot of heart, passion, fight was Peter O'Mahony. I think he had three turnovers, every breakdown. He was bringing a bit of aggression, niggle. He obviously missed a tackle at the end with Malachi Fekatoa, um, which was you know a poor, poor execution from, from Dyer's try. Incredible pace from him. To win the game effectively for him, it was a loose kick up field from Joey Carberry. But I just thought O'Mahony brought that bit of aggression and desire that maybe if a few more brought, um, they would have got out of there with a result. We, we said it last week, Nave. You know, if you're a Dragons player, your, your career's on the line here. Your, head, your director of rugby is after calling you out the week before. He's gone. New coach comes in. You're trying to play for your career and get a contract and make sure you don't get. Uh, you know, flung out of the club essentially at the end of the season or whenever your contract is up. Um, so they came out with an incredible fight. But I just thought physically Munster were really, really poor. And that that's yeah. my biggest concern. It's not the mistakes because I think they'll get better the more they train. There's nothing they can do about having a short pre-season now and some of those breaks, but they will get better at that, I'm confident. But, you know, you've got to switch it on in your own head and that's where the accountability has to come from the players. So, um, we did bring you the Andy Farrell you're watching piece before and we will again. That's for guys who, got, you know, would grab the attention of Andy Farrell. So, I don't know how you're going to do this, but picking a goal star out of out of a loss away to the Dragons on Sunday is, uh, is a tough task. Yeah, look, and I kind of agree with you. I actually agree a lot with you in terms of um, Peter Manley. I thought he... Um, Bar that last tackle, um, which I know he doubt he'll be fuming with, and um, that was just complete lack of communication and understanding of who was what, where, you know what I mean. Um, and I would question whether either of them identified. Um, yeah, the they should make, there's no doubt yeah. they should make. The but tackle. I thought other than that, he did quite well in terms of the line out and um, his turnovers and um, the system that they play. He finds himself in attack on the channel a lot. I think we miss him then in and around that doggedness in around those in between those two fifteens. But um uh, yeah, look, I, I agree. My stars of the week this week, and I'm going with a plural because I'm going with the combo. Um and I felt that 
both Craig Casey and Ben Healy um, brought a lot more tempo to the game than anybody else around them. I felt that um, when Healy went and backed himself, you know, he created the try. I thought he did very well. I am um, kicked very well as well. And I just thought Casey was, Casey, sorry, was an absolute menace around everything. You know, his ability to move people on um, defensively, he got very stuck in because he had to, which is another issue. Um, but my issue is that I actually thought they, they had a, a, a good enough amount of control without being exceptional. When they went off, that's my fear. Munster seemed to lose all sorts of shape. They lost all sorts of control in and around what they were trying to do. And, you know, herein lies the question, is Ben Healy the number one 10 or is it Joy Carberry? And for me, Craig Casey is clearly pushing himself into that um, front runner as number nine. Um, I, and, you know, there'll be senior players that, okay, I know we haven't seen Conor Murray yet this season. I'd imagine we'll see him this weekend. But they're going to find themselves fighting for positions within that team because... I think that, you know, I think Ben Healy and Craig Casey are a very good partnership. And while, while Jack Crowley's gone away to South Africa, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on, especially now that it's just him and Jake Flannery and there's only going to be the two of them running a 10 for those three games. You can imagine he's going to get a lot of game time. Look, I've said it for a long time. I, I feel like Joy Carberry is a 15 and not a 10. That's just my opinion. Um but I thought the other day we lacked a lot of control when he came on and, and Paddy Farrison as well. So my stars of the week go to uh, our 9 10, Craig Casey and Ben Healy. We've cheated again this week with a joint. I know, award. I'm sorry. And, uh, not, if you asked me to pick one, it would probably be Craig Casey. Yeah, I'd be picking one and I'd be picking Craig Casey. I think Ben Healy had some good moments in the game. Obviously, the break for the pass for Zebos, break up the wing where it was a high tackle and they got a penalty. And, you know, in the end result, Stephen Archer scored. I just thought Ben Ben Healy needs to get a bit more physical in the collision areas. I think in cleanouts um, when he's required to do that, and also physically putting in some tackles as well. So um, definitely has the ingredients and the ability to play and be really good at that level. But that's my only criticism is the contact area for Ben Healy. Yeah, but, but you flip that on same same as Joy Carberry or Jack Crowley. I think of the three of them. And look, we always speak about tens not being hugely physical in terms of. You know, he stands there for me. He puts his body on the line. And you're right, he did miss a, a clear out in the 22 um, when Munster were in a good position to attack. But I question why is he the one clearing out? And he, you know what I mean? But that's just another conversation for another day. Look, I think he's he's in the front runner at the moment. Okay, just to um, the last couple of minutes on the game, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Um is it attitude that we're lacking intensity and lacking a physicality? Because I looked at, I looked at the Dragons and I looked at C.O. Tompkinson in the centre, Jack Dixon, uh, Rodri Williams. You know, they're the backs for some of the backs for the Dragons. Ross Moriarty, Tane Basham, and Sean Lunsdale, the, the the Dragons back row, effectively outplaying the Munster back row, smashing people. Loads of energy, intensity, good into breakdowns. Will Rowlands wrapping guys up in tackles. He's done really well for Wales. He's been a great find for them and he's a brilliant player. Um, Bradley Roberts, you know, making the line breaks, smashing people. Why aren't Munster 
the ones bringing the intensity there. And I just want to clarify, I think it's difficult on the internationals. I'm not making excuses for them. It's their first involvement. They probably weren't supposed to be involved for another two weeks. Um, So they were kind of jettisoned back. I think the decision was made by, you know, they'll they'll obviously get more time off throughout the season. But it's the first game back. I just, we're undercooked physically and we look, we don't look fit enough either. And I think there's an attitude problem going into that game the other day where we're just not fired up enough. Um, Why is that, Nave? And why... Why is that? Ha- why did that happen? I think I could, you know, even even from an energy point of view, the week before was better against Cardiff. But this, I know, there's a lot of changes, different team. But this group that came in this week looked to lack intensity and desire to win collisions. Yeah, look, it's very interesting. You, you often think, like we, like well, it's interesting in any way compared it, it, No, it's it's yeah. interesting. But it's not good enough for me because that's a given no matter what. You don't oh, no, get no, bu- I know it's bullied around, the place. It's, bullied it's around the place. I know it's not really comparative because things, but I felt like with us on Saturday for our own club game, like we just didn't get off the bus till 70 odd minutes into the game. It was almost a bit like once we didn't really get off the plane when they landed in Wales. There's a couple of things in that. You have to look at yourselves as individuals and then you have to start looking at the collective. And I think not enough players stood up for me in terms of, um, you know, those that senior group, irrelevant of whether you talk about the internationals. There was also a senior group of players that liked Jack O'Donoghue and Finney Murchley and um, Stephen Archer and these guys that had been playing or pre-seasoned for, for it all because they hadn't been away with Ireland. And I think, you know, Stephen Archer's given away an incredible amount of penalties. Like, that must be very frustrating. Can't get any momentum then from from anything... Um, you know, and they're the guys that have to be the ones to take the game by the scruff of the neck. I think um, John Klein going off, Ty Byrne coming on, that didn't help situations. I thought he looked very rusty um, and, and he won't be like that again. And here's the thing, you'd like to think that that's probably their bottom baseline and that they won't be as, as bad again. But sometimes, Quinny, there's no explanation. You just have to literally draw a line through, review what you can and try and and but it, they have, the bed. I'm not saying it's an excuse. No, I just, you know what I, I mean. I, I, we 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 saw it up in uh, in Ulster, in Belfast, in the quarterfinal where they were knocked out. They were dreadful in that performance. If there's not a change here, I know we're trying to get game plan change and and tactically change things. But if there's not a line in the sand drawn about the physicality and the aggression and the ability to win collisions. And if they don't see it themselves, I think they're going to be have problems throughout the season. This is going to crop up again. Teams That's the question. Now, does that but, does that relay but, anything to off the pitch? Do you think? Do you think that relates about the culture of the squad? I don't know what it's like. I'm just asking you. Like, I just you know don't know I mean? how. I just don't know how hard they they have been pushed before. And I think I go back to the previous regime. Um, it's not it's not acceptable to to get bullied like that in that situation when you put on a monster jersey. And I, I, that's not picking anyone out individually. That's collectively. You know, they're second best in the collisions. The ball carriers are really... The ball carriers this week were dreadful. You know, guys upright thinking they can go in and have a wrestling match with someone. The ball being stripped out of their hands. It's a pure dogfight. And I thought Craig Casey played well with, with very poor possession at times. And we saw one or two glimpses of good deliveries and good possession to him. And, and they, they looked like there was options on. But there's a middle tier, and I, I've heard this in the last couple of days, there's a middle tier of monster players here who I've heard a lot 
you know, being frustrated about not playing for Ireland, not getting picked for Ireland, and too many Leinster guys in the Irish team. And I've heard this kind of underlying theme. Well, you can't dish up that rubbish if you want to play for Ireland. And it's kind of a crucial period of time. And it's a little bit like Rassi did a couple of years ago when they lost to Cardiff down in Cork. And he called them all in and called them out about their attitude. And there was a bit of a line in the sand. And I think... I've said this all along. If the attitude at least is there and the fight and the energy and the aggression, no matter what stage you're playing at, there has to be a bit of pride in, in that job. Um, and I'm not saying people intentionally went out in the field to kind of be, you know, 70, 80% physically right and not the extra 20% that's required. Nobody did that intentionally, but they've got to realize it and kind of, um, you know, self-police themselves that they're fired up before the game that they were going into a situation there that this was a brilliant situation for the Dragons players. Like we said, all the questions asked about them. Munster coming to town is a brilliant scalp. They'll be feeling incredibly good about themselves. But, but they didn't even play well either. This is the I know, thing. It but, was just but, a but really, It's not really even about playing well, Leave. It's not about playing well. I'm talking about having an aggressive attitude, a desire, a fight, a little bit of niggle like O'Mahony brought. I'm not saying you know, give away stupid penalties or get into fights or anything like that. But we looked, and the evidence of it, we looked like we were second best in some of those collisions. And the Dragons were the ones that were piling into monster players. Um, so that needs to, there needs to be a bit of a line in the sand there around that intensity. Um, the set piece was an issue, you know, a couple of lineouts, the attack off the lineout, being overpowered. And Munster have no divine right. You know, we don't have a pack of forwards that can totally overpower the opposition. We need to, that's why there's been calls for a change in the way we play. Um, no aggressive aggressiveness in defence. Guys soak in tackles. Very rare I'm seeing an impact tackle there on Saturday, if any, but a lot of soak tackles. It's not good enough. You're not going to win a game if you're like that. So on both sides of the ball, when you're making carries into contact, it needs to be better for Munster. Um, and defensively, so, you know, that's where Dennis Leamy is going to have to work incredibly hard. Um, and just in, t- in attack, um, you know, really, really basic errors, catch pass, stuff like that. The lines are running, I'm not as concerned, but simple catch pass is not good enough. I saw box kicks put up the other day out of their own defence and wingers running up and actually not even contesting in the air. They're a yard, two yards away from it. They're up where the general area is the ball. That is not good enough. They have to go through the air and go up and try and win that ball like their life depends on it. So there needs to be a real attitude switch here about um, because I think it is a crucial period. If these players fail this season and if they struggle and if there's a lot of this negativity, um, none of us want it. We want them to do well. Um, they're going to kind of put themselves in a difficult place you know, going forward and playing in that jersey again and getting new contracts or even getting opportunities with Ireland because I think there's a lot of good players went out in that field the other day and they were too standoffish and, and you know, that's the decision-making at times was poor and, and again, I think that stuff will come. But aside from Neve Briggs and Alan Quinlan saying this, you go online and you see what people are saying. Okay, you'll have some totally over, you know, over-the-top comments, but the vast majority of people are actually speaking a reality and a truth here that there's no energy, no aggression, no desire there. Um, it needs, it, look, not none, I'm saying. It needs to be better. You need to be ready and they need to approach this game uh, from a mental point of view with a lot more aggression and intensity. And 
you know, if the mistakes and, and, and issues are there around some of the technical stuff, okay, that's fine. We can live with that. But from an attitude point of view, it needs to be a lot better. And the players um, have to take responsibility at that. They have to look at themselves deeply and say, we were bullied here. We lost collisions. We were turned over. We were smashed backwards a lot. Too much. And of course, it's going to happen to you in, in some games, even when you prepare really well and you're, you're on it emotionally. But I just think um, it just lacked a bit of feel of energy and aggression on Sunday. And, and ultimately, that came back to haunt him in the end. So a lot of mistakes. I think the discipline was really poor at times, just yeah. really soft, cheap penalties. Um, and, you know, a concern. It's a concern. It's a worry. So they've got Zebra at home this week. It's the first home game of the season. Um, it's, we've probably covered a lot there, but if you were to pick out three quick points about what, where they need to be better, what would your priority be if you were to pick out three things that they have to get right this week against Zebra at home to get a result and get a bit of feel good back to, factor back to them? Yeah, look, I think number one is the mental side of the game. You just spoke, touched it on there. Like you have to turn up, be ready to go. I think their attack breakdown needs to be better to be able to serve the ball. Like as in to be able to give Casey or Conor Murray or Paddy Patterson or whoever it is starting that game um, the ability to be able to go. And I just think their their front up tackle tech needs to be so much better. Look, you you could talk about set piece. I'm like not an expert on the line of the scrum, but I think that, you know, if you can fix the attack breakdown and give you the ball in the plate and you have the players then that can make stuff happen please God and then you look at the defence stuff in relation to our tackle tech the first off tackles in terms of actually physically dominating them and, and the mental side of the game there are three things that you can control the, the big thing is Gunny, that you can go down a rabbit hole and try to fix everything yeah, I think no, if I don't, Munster I go down think... no but I think if Munster go down and try the rabbit hole trying to fix everything um, then you know they probably won't fix anything does that make sense? Yeah, no. I so I imagine they'll go in this week with three focus points for this weekend. And I, and I think the attitude is the big thing. I mm. think you know a, a, a real kind of fear factor and react, reactive performance uh, monster need to get the fans back on board with them, um, and actually get a bit of a feel good factor for themselves. Because the reality of this, Neve, is you know even though we may not be lifting European cups or even the URC if if we start losing games in the next couple of weeks, it's actually going to be a bit of a dogfight to be making playoffs or even making Europe next year. And that's, that would be seen. I know we need patience and take a bit of time, but like the reality is there's, there's a lot of tough games coming up. So they've start finding wins. They've got Zebra at home Friday week, Connacht, there's going to be yeah. all sorts of sparks flying there. Then they've got the Bulls at home and then they're away to Leinster. Um, a home to Ulster so there's a tricky number of fixtures there and they've got to find a way to win in the next couple of weeks I know there's a number of injuries after last weekend there's a couple of players doubtful so they are down to the bare bones this weekend um, with the 10 players away as well in South Africa so it's it's actually getting harder and difficult they've got to circle the wagons a little bit here and really dig in and make sure that you know the sleeves are rolled up here and they're just more aggressive and there's more of a fight out of them I think, um, you know, obviously you would hope that the, the basic catch-pass situations and a little bit of timing would 
people can sort that out in the run and get better. We saw a lot of handling errors in Cardiff and at the weekend again, just some really basic ones. You hope that maybe the attitude switch will fix some of that stuff, that people are just going to be more zone uh, tuned in and really alert and fired up to, to get yeah, that. Yeah, you also... Really important they don't try and force things now because things haven't gone no, no, to plan. No. And I think that's the biggest thing. And I don't know if you got to see the Zebra Sharks game the other day. I saw a part of it and like Zebra can play. Like they scored some unbelievable drives last weekend and the weekend before against Leinster. I don't know if you saw that game. Like I incredibly, did. I saw both they them, yeah. play with incredible width. Um, so Munster really have to make sure that their defensive set's very cohesive they're making those front up tackles because if you give this team room to play, they are literally electric. They've, for me, they've already strike, scored a couple of tries this season in week one and two. So, um, and they've both, they've nar- lost narrowly for both games, but they've both got bonus point tries. Um, or yeah, like points for bonus points for scoring four tries. And, and then I've got bonus points for Luke coming within seven, seven Lancer, seven in the Shark. So I think, they're playing very good rugby at the moment and if Munster doesn't shut that down, then Munster could be in for another long day. Yeah, that game is five five past five on Saturday yeah. in Musgrave Park. So, uh, yeah, it's it's one they need to step up and get a result here. But what we've seen, there's no guarantee of anything at the moment, but hopefully they can pull together um, unlimited resources. And the mitigation of a lot of this um, is there's been a lot of chopping and change and there's a lot of, um, you know, and... They're a team crying out for a bit of continuity and selection at the moment, yeah. but they can't get that at the moment. They've just got to, you know, and I think the, the attack side of the game and the coaching side will will come better. And, and Would you and, go with the same group again, Quinny? Uh, well, as, mu- as much as they can. They can make a lot of changes. I think there's some injuries. Um, there's some knocks from the team that played in, in um, at the weekend, but you, they've got to try and keep as many as they can, if possible. Um, so we've got to leave it there. We've got to wrap. I think uh, obviously, hopefully, it's a bit more positive next week. That's episode thirty-eight of the Red Seventy-Eight wrapped up. To make sure you get your podcast straight, to your phone just search for the Red Seventy-Eight wherever you get your podcast and press subscribe. Don't forget to get in touch. Obviously, if you have any comments or tweets, you can uh, tweet both Neve and I and our personal Twitters, or you can email the rugby channel at bowermedia.ie or leave a comment on YouTube as well. So that's it for this week. Good luck, Neve, and chat to you next week. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neve Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot.